If you guys have been listening to Ask Women for a while, you probably know my voice associated with some cynicism, maybe some jokes you're not a fan of, or maybe you are a fan of because you've got great taste. Well, either way, I've come a long way from that cynical gal, and I'm doing amazing things helping guys get their banter and conversation skills on track, as well as making those dating profiles look not so terrible. Or dare I say good? No, dare I say great. I get them looking great. And I've been doing it long enough now that I'm seeing actual results coming in from guys that I've worked with. Like, you know, for example, engagements, things like that. I have to say, I feel pretty good about my skills and those dudes do too. So if you want to be smooth and witty in conversation or smooth and witty in your profile, you know who to come and see. And that's me, Kristen. And I'm at kristenandchill.com. All of my stuff is up there if you guys want to hit me up and uh, get my help. So again, kristenandchill.com. Charm more than just her socks off. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out the Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of the Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we talk about passion. How sexy passion is to women and hopefully to you. And we discuss how to figure out what makes you passionate because passion doesn't have to be these huge ideas and these huge concepts. It can be little, little things that can create passion and excitement within you that you can then put out to the world to pull other people in. So keep listening. Sexy lads, welcome to the Ask Women podcast. It's your host, Kristen Carney, along with Marnie Kinress. And today we have Dr. Elise Cortez, who is a chief purpose officer and manager consultant. I need to know more about this. Yes, because we're just curious. Well, actually, I'm going to introduce you first before you jump into it. I want you to talk about what you do. But actually, before we got on to doing this podcast, passionate Kristen was here. <laughs> I like have all these new names because I'm helping my son label emotions. So there's like Jealous Jim and Braggy Brad. And like, oh my God, I love that. I'm crazy so, Kristen like, right now. Well, no, you're not crazy Kristen. Some people may call you crazy Kristen, but I call you passionate Kristen. That is what is happening right now. There's like people labeling people in so many different ways and every single person is going to label different people. But what's behind all of this is a lot of anger, frustration, and passion. And that's why it's so wonderful that we have Elise on the show today because she is going to teach us how to find our passion and how to share passion with women in our lives so that it can make us more attractive. But I want Elise to properly introduce herself because she will do a much better job than I was doing. But yeah, Elise, thank you so much for coming onto the show. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me, Marnie. Most people won't. <laughs> and you will. Here I am. It's so fun. So the easiest way to think about me in terms of my professional space is I'm a management consultant and I specialize in meaning and purpose. And so I also host my own radio show called Working on Purpose, and I do leadership programs on purpose as well and vitality. And I have a book that's coming out and I'm an, I'm an inspirational speaker as well. That's the easiest way to kind of bucket me. You're tired. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, I'm having more fun than I'm supposed to have. Don't tell anybody. But really, the way that I like to think about myself is I traffic in energy and passion is energy. And I'll say more about that as we go along. But 
yeah, that's the space I navigate. Well, I will tell you one thing about Elise. So I met her through... I'll call it a marketing group. I'm not even really sure what to label it as. But this group that pulled together a whole bunch of really interesting, unbelievable women. I'm labeling myself as interesting and unbelievable. So ego-ish of me. But Elise was one of these women. And Elise was a moderator for a talk that all of us gave. And Elise's gift, I will say, is that... like You know how I blubber on for about 20 minutes to try and explain one thing. Elise is really good at taking the information that she hears and condensing it into something that makes complete sense to both the audience and to the person actually speaking as well. So I I can understand how you would be really wonderful at helping people figure out where their passion lies and help put them on the right path so that they can follow that passion. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, you're on the right track. By the way, thank you for that lovely compliment. I appreciate that very much. That's probably one of my strengths is to do what you just said. So yeah, so really a lot of what I do my work, and it turns out that what I'm going to share with you, it works just as splendidly in the leadership and professional space as it does in the dating world, as it turns out, which is why I wanted to share it. But a lot of what I do professionally is able to discover their, their passion and their purpose, and then to express each of those and live them. So on the passion front, Let me back up and say something about this because it'll all thread together. So when you think about if I'm the person that traffics in energy, what's energy, but it's essentially motivation. And so if we break that down and see what's the source of that, it's actually underneath all of that is a simple little word called meaning. So meaning is our ultimate motivation in life because it's the thing that powers us. It's the thing that gets us out of bed. It's the thing that moves us to tears, moves us to take an action. It's the thing we lose when we're depressed. It's the thing we lose when we're depressed. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So what's interesting about this whole meaning thing is that there's really three ways that we as human beings can find or source meaning. The first way is what we give of ourselves to the world. And I call that our passion. That is what we give of ourselves to the world. And it is a source of meaning and therefore energy and motivation. The second way that we access meaning is through the experiences and encounters that we have throughout the course of the day. I call that inspiration. It literally breathes life into us. And the third way that we find meaning is through the stance that we take when life gives us whatever it's going to give us. And that's our attitude or our mindset. So those are the three ways that we experience meaning and therefore find motivation and energy. So the first one is passion space. And I'll say more about that, but comments, reactions, thoughts. Oh, I just want to hear you keep talking. (laughs) That's pretty much it. I want you to find my passion. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm thinking that too. Well, really what I'm thinking about is how right now, because we're all in this crazy world and crazy state, I think a lot of people are in a state of depression right now and in confusion. Either they've lost their job and they're not really sure what to do or they've lost attraction with a woman and they're not really sure what to do. So I'd love you to continue because I think it's right on point mm-hmm. with what a lot of people are feeling right now. Yeah, so, okay, so this here's where it gets just yummy, right? This whole passion space is a fun place to live and work in. So part of what I help people do, I do this through my workshops, I do it through my speaking, I do it through my, my consulting, is I help people to recognize that you have to actually cultivate this thing called passion. That means you have to go looking for ways to be able to express yourself, your person, so that you, through your passion can be seen. So you have to cultivate that in a lot of ways, whether that's through your senses or just getting present to what in the world do I care about? And so let me back up for a second here and, and say, and think about this as you're dating, guys. When you're talking with somebody, rather than asking, well, what do you do? Which usually means I do this kind of thing for work. Better to ask, what do you pour yourself into? 
And then they'll tell you what they love, right? They'll tell you what their passions are. Oh, I love cooking or I love playing the piano or I love to read. Secretly, I'm in the closet reading my books, whatever it is, right? Those are indications of passion. And once you get somebody talking about what they're passionate about, now you're inside their world and you're connected in a meaningful way. And if you can elicit that in a conversational partner, you've already reached across the table there. You're not quite at home base, but you're, you're heading that direction. And so... No, but you're opening her up in a completely different way than most people do. Absolutely right. Yeah. I want to add one little thing. So it's funny because for my email coaching program and for a lot of my programs too, I ask people to introduce themselves and tell me about themselves. And actually, I should probably phrase it differently as well. But most of the men write to me about what they do for a living and what their accomplishments have been. And for me, when I read that, it's just like, I fall asleep. It's boring and bland and not so interesting. And it says nothing about who they are. So it may be me the way that I'm phrasing it. But I, I think that a lot of people present themselves that way, either in their online profiles or in person when they go on a, on a first date. They're just showing that surface level information that they think may be something to help them connect to somebody else. Right. So the reason I do the work that I do is because, and what I do is I help leaders become inspiring. That's really what the bottom line comes down to. And I do that by helping them get access to their passion and their inspiration and their purpose. People want to follow and they want to be with somebody who inspires them and has an energy about them that's attracting. That's what, what inspiration really is. And so the more that you, as yourself, a man, if you're trying to date somebody, can, can get access to your passions and express them, this is what I love and why. Why do you love cooking? Because I love the experience of making people feel welcome and wanted in my home, whatever it is, right? But the more you can express what you're passionate about, the more you create energy in that conversation with the persons that are around you, and the more people want to be around that. And then on the other side, being able to elicit from the person you're speaking with what they're passionate about and why is a connective tool that's really, really, it's so useful and so simple. And all it takes is curiosity and genuine interest to listen to what they have to say and continue to learn why that's important to them. Oh, wonderful. Why is it more important to women? Because I know that you know, for women, women are much more drawn to this kind of conversation. And when they are able to open up in that way, they do form a different bond with the person in front of them. It may not always be sexual or attraction. It could just be them welcoming them in a little bit more. But why is it so attractive and wonderful for women? I would say that I don't know that it's true for women as well. It's so much so for women. It might be true for men as equally. I'm not sure about that. But I think the reason it works so well is because if you, if you go back to what I was saying about you know, the sources of meaning and one of them becomes the expression of passion, what we're talking about here is we're talking almost, we're getting down to a life force level, right? So if, we, if you think about passion being expressed, it has such an element of energy to it. And energy that, you know, I like to think about energy as vibration levels. And so generally speaking, the way that I see it is we can only attract people in our lives that are generally hovering on the same vibrational level that we are. So if we are here and we, we are, we, our passion level is low, we're probably going to attract people that are in that same vibrational lower passion level. Same thing if we're high passion, we're probably only going to attract people that are, that are generally in that camps. People that are lower passion might be attracted to that high passion, but they can't stay with it, right? They can't fly with it, if you will. So are you, are you saying that being at a higher vibration level will widen your pool of opportunity because others who are in that lower end will be attracted to you as well as the medium and high I am end. absolutely saying that. And though, in order for you to, if you want to attract somebody that's also at that higher level, you got you got to get up there yourself too. 
so that a higher vibrational person can attract all the different levels, but they're going to probably want somebody in a similar kind of an energy space as them. Now, I'm not saying there's many couples out there where you see one of them that's you know, really, really extroverted out there and the other one's that's very introverted and that works fine. It has more to do with how they connect with their passions, not how they express them. Okay, interesting. Okay, well, can you tell me more about that then? Yeah, so actually, those people listening that are, are introverted, you are some of the best conversationalists on the planet. And the reason why is because you listen. You listen to what the other person has to say instead of as an extrovert might spend more time thinking and formulating what they want to say next themselves. So somebody can be very, very introverted and exquisite. And I've actually, I just had a conversation last night on air with a beautiful introverted man, so expressive about his passions, so articulate about his passions, very clear that this man loves narrative coaching and integrative development. He's done it all over the world. And he did, he shared it in a quiet, calm way, but the the passion that was oozing behind that was so palpable. That's amazing. Isn't it? I love that. I, I think so yeah, too. Yeah, it is amazing. Well, so how, how do people tap in to their passion so that they can get onto this higher level? Because as I said before, like life is crazy right now. So how, how do you take the time to find that passion? And it doesn't have to be like a crazy passion where suddenly you're making clay art every day and investing thousands of dollars into something. How can they have this passion and still not alter their lives completely. Mm, I want you to do it just in everyday moments. So I'll give you a couple examples. So I think about inspiration and passion as a necessary pair. They're intertwined and they feed each other. So if we think about inspiration coming, I, I think about it as those encounters and the experiences that we have during the course of the day that give us some kind of a lipazine, right? So they're breathing life into us, essentially breathing energy into us. So if we go looking for things that inspire us, we purposely go, if you're somebody who loves affirmations, or if you love Oprah, or if you love watching your favorite football team, just bring it home. Go watch that for a moment if that inspires you, because it gives you juice inside of you. Then you have that juice to be able to express back through as passions of yourself. So for me, for example, one of the things that I love to do, which is a passion of mine, this is what I do in the world every day, as I love to do random acts of kindness. So when I go to the grocery store, for example, I love to find, and I go looking for someone, someone, and I'm looking for either a woman, I can tell she's beautiful, and I, or a man, I can tell he's handsome, or that he's got great shoes or a great tie or whatever it is. I'm looking for somebody because the expression for me of affirming that person or acknowledging them gives me something. By, through the expression of that passion, it gives me something. It gives me juice. And they then receive that as inspiration because it's an encounter for them. They're receiving something from me that becomes a source of inspiration for them that can go back into their tank so that they can be more passionate about their life. But invariably, when I tell a woman she's beautiful, she's invariably blown back by that, right? She's, and she walks away a little bit taller and bigger and stronger than she did before the encounter. Same thing when I talk to a man. Now, gentlemen, I have to tell you, I can get away with this better as a woman than you can as a man. I just have to say that right now. It's just, I can pull it up better because I'm a woman. I'm less threatening, right? So just so you know that you can go up and tell a woman she's beautiful and just keep walking and she'll probably appreciate that, but it's just a different encounter. So I have to, I have to say that. So on the inspiration side for me, I can get inspired by looking out my front window here and watching a family go by. I love watching the children go by and riding their bikes in this pandemic. It's just amazing to see the families. And watching a little like three-year-old pedal like crazy down the road 
and fall off the bike, to me, it's so endearing and it gives me something. That's a source of inspiration. So simple. You can do this anywhere, everywhere. And I want you to. It should be on a level of taking vitamins, brushing your teeth, sleeping at night. That kind of a level is I want it to exist for you. That's wonderful. I love that. (laughs) You touched on like how to talk about passions with women. So let's say you are vibrating at your highest level because you go on a date and you've done four things that like get your go-go juices going before you go to that date. So you feel good. You're feeling amazing. How do you put that onto somebody else? Like how do you then use that for attraction. I know you touched on it before by asking her like what she pours herself into. But let's say you're on your third date and you've already had that kind of conversation. How do you use your passion to be more attractive? Because like a lot of guys are like, yes, I'm very passionate. I have a lot of hobbies. I do all this. But that doesn't seem to have me clicking with a lot of girls. So how can guys actually use that passion to bring out more attraction from women? And this might be a tough question because there's a difference. You're asking, let me make sure I understand your question, Marnie. So you want me to address how can men use their passion to be more attractive to women? Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Well, I think we have to start on the other side. By the way, I'm a single person too. I date and I go out and I I use this stuff. It actually works. Or not, it actually works. Yeah. So the first thing is, gentlemen, you need to be curious, right? You need to be sincerely curious when you ask. I would first start by asking her, what is she passionate about? What does she pour herself into? In fact, I would have you put the question to what do you pour yourself into? What really matters to you? Before you, you ask them, what are you passionate about? Because people might be not sure how to answer that question. It's less intimidating to ask, what do you pour yourself into? But if you start by asking her that question so that you understand what it is that, that gets her going, then you can then sh- learn more about that, ask why that's important to her. And then you can offer what, what you love. Because I think what you need to do in order to generate that space, you need to open something in that conversation that she can grab onto. And that opening is you getting her talking about what she pours herself into, what matters to her and why that's important. Then you can offer yours and why that's important. You can start more of a dialogue. It's easier to get on that bus and that train if you ask her first what she pours herself into. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And then even in some way, if you can have a shared commonality, even if you have different passions and different interests, is something that to be said that can bond you together, being led from the man. I want to take a quick break because I want to talk more about passion, but I also want to talk about you and dating if you're (laughs) open to it. Are you open to it? Okay, perfect. So we will be back after this. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? I bet it is. And I bet you can get help with that. Where? At betterhelp.com. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can connect with them in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient and you can start communicating in under 24 hours. To find a therapist normally, it's weeks, maybe months, if you're lucky. Well, with BetterHelp, you don't have to be lucky. It's convenient, professional, affordable, and check out their testimonials posted daily on their website. If you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash askwomen. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash askwomen. All right, we are back. And I want to dig into your dating life. I want to 
totally dig into what is going on with you and dating right now because it's a new world. So tell me how you're dating right now. What does it look like for you? Well, I actually have spent the pandemic with one person. So that's, that's how I've handled that. But okay. going back before that, for me, life is, it really is a smorgasbord. It's like, it's amazing to me that there, this whole world, whatever, how many billion people that we have, that being able to talk with them and connect with them, it's, it, that opportunity is everywhere. And it's just a matter of being open, curious, interested. I mean, I've met people in the grocery store line, at the airports, online. It's amazing to me at work. They're all over the place. And so it's amazing to me that the opportunity to date is everywhere, but I do really think you need to have an openness to it. Okay. Can you define that a little bit more or explain yeah, that? Yeah. What I mean by that is it's almost back to that vibrational energy that we were talking about. It's like opening your person so that you are accessible energetically to other people. I just met somebody over the weekend, a woman who's been on her own now for three years, and she you could look at her and you could see she is physically closed off. She's a stunningly beautiful woman. And you could see that she is just not available. She has shut herself down. It's visible. So it's almost, it goes back to the attitude thing, right? So walking through life with an attitude that I have something to give someone else and I have affection and love to give to them. And I'm interesting and deserving of that myself. There's something about that balance that people can read without being cocky, without being, you know, we all have our, our insecurities and such, but it's that fine line of just being in the world as an open, authentic, accessible human being. No, I completely agree with you. Do you think that that's easier for women? Like for you, walking through the airport or a grocery store, you're very cute. Like you smile at somebody that is way more engaging and inviting. For men, it is a little bit more difficult because I know that there's lots of men who are listening to this thinking, I am so open. I am so authentic. I'm so sweet. I'm so nice. I'm so giving. I listen. I'm curious. And yet I still can't seem to spark attraction. And I'm sure that you've been on, on dates with many men who are like that, who maybe are really open, but you're just not attracted to. So I'd love to hear from you, your opinion on guys that you have interacted with in the past who are wonderful, who have all these qualities that you're talking about, openness, curiosity, listening, but that you're not attracted to. Can you explain to me potentially to think back on some of those situations, what was missing with those specific guys, like guys that you may have said, I had a great time with you, but I just didn't click the way that I wanted to. I wasn't feeling that chemistry. What was really going on for you at that time? Wow, that's a great question. And I don't know that there's an overall common answer there, except that and this goes back to what you really want, right? I've met and dated many different men who are absolutely just that quieter energy, that more introverted energy. And like I said, their person is very palpable in that. And they, they're great conversationalists a lot of times. I would say that probably for me, if I'm not attracted to, to a man, it's probably because my sense is that he's not going for what it is he wants in life. So for example, what, what would not be attractive for me is somebody that is kind of what I call auditing life. So you're kind of going through the motions. You have a job that you really don't like very much, but it pays the bills. And that's not attractive for me because there's, there's just, I want you to have a sense of agency and an urgency to do something with your life and yourself. You don't have to be running for president of the United States or anything like that. But if you're going for something that's important to you, there's an agency in that kind of living that I find really, really attractive. So probably if I haven't been attracted to somebody it's because I wanted him to be up to a little bit more or be excited more about his life. 
So most men that you've interacted with who were like really open and excited about their life, you were attracted to all of them and wanted to continue dating? On some level, yeah, yeah. absolutely. On some level, but on what level? Well, let's face it, the physical piece is really important too, mm-hmm. right? So, and I didn't know this until I got divorced, ladies, but apparently I'm, I'm sort of a tall woman at five foot seven. <laughs> you are, <laughs> I, I know. Wear, like, I always wear like three inch heels. So that means you got to be about five, 10 or above to hang out with me because I really prefer not to be with somebody that's shorter than me. That already is a distinguishing limitation for me and in, in terms of the dating world. I know there are some men out there that they, they don't care if they're shorter than me, but, but I do, because I don't want to feel, it makes me feel less feminine when I'm, I'm taller than the man. That's what it comes down to for me. Not that we're questioning his masculinity, but rather I question my own femininity if I'm taller than the man. So even if this man were extremely masculine, happened to be one inch shorter than you, had everything that you were looking for hit you on the right notes, it would be a no for you because he was five, nine. Well, I was married to somebody who was shorter than me and that lasted for 18 years. So no. (laughs) Okay. A lot of the things that I try to do with women is I'll ask them questions. They'll give an answer, but then they'll have a variation (laughs) of, of the response because they'll say, well, yes, ideally I'd like this, but my first husband happened to be two inches shorter than what I'm saying right now. So would you say that moving forward in your dating, that somebody would have to be like that height in order for you to date them? No, that's a great question. In fact, I've, I've thought about this quite a bit lately in this pandemic. There's been time to consider and ruminate, et cetera. So what I've really discovered for me, Marnie, is that the number one thing, the number one element or quality that, that I look for in a man that I'm attracted to is his character and how he goes through the world. So what I cannot resist a man who it is, he's, he's up to something. He has going for a dream, you know, he wants to start his own company or he loves to volunteer at Red Cross or whatever it is. The number one thing for me is somebody that has something that they're going for in life. It's important to them and the way that they go through their lives, like the character of how they treat their loved ones and how they handle their children, that sort of mix, that is my number one attractant. And that for me... Absolutely turned on by that. And then everything else, I mean, everything else becomes a secondary negotiation after that. Height, everything, race. Right. So what about the way that he relates to you? So in terms of conversations, so, and this is a hard thing to think about because you're just going through dating in your gut. You're like, I like this guy. I don't like this guy. I'm into this guy. I'm not into this guy. But I love if you could, because you're so good at this. I'd love if you can think back to some of the people that you were attracted to and weren't attracted to and potentially look at how they made you feel on a date and like elaborate a bit on that. This is a big question that I'm asking, but what I'm really trying to figure out is like, was he talking to you in a certain way? So a lot of guys will go on dates, they'll have a very nice connection with women. And then afterwards, the woman will say, like, you're wonderful. I just didn't feel it click. And then some guys will go on dates and they'll inject a little bit of sexuality into the dates. They'll flirt a little bit more. And from my opinion, that's where a lot of that clicking happens. There's the clicking of, yeah, you're covering all the bases for the things that I'm attracted to and like totally into the fact that you have aspirations in life and want bigger things for yourself or that you're content in your life and like so happy where you are in life right now. But in order... For me to feel that clicking of I want to see you again, not just like I put you on a pedestal and I, I want your attention, 
I need to have some sort of like flirtation, not necessarily sexual energy thrown my way. Can you maybe explain that a little bit about like what that looks like and feels like? I know it's a tough thing to explain. No, it's just yummy. It's just complex. It's very layered. So a couple of things I would share. One is what I've learned in my research, my studies and my program and from my own experience is, and this is where it gets really tricky. So let's just go right into it is that I've discovered that it is actually more fulfilling as a human being to be the one who loves someone. The act of loving someone or being attracted to or interested in somebody is actually a bigger feeling than receiving that from someone else. That's so true. Isn't that interesting? So I've had the experience, right? Isn't it that interesting when you think about it for just a second? I've had the experience of having somebody really, really love me. And that is so beautiful. And it's not as big and fulfilling as it is when I really, really love the man maybe even more than he does. So that's where it gets really tricky. So for me, I've been with men and I dated men who are incredibly kind and good to me. And I, that's always lovely and it feels, it feeds me. But where I feel more compelled and drawn to and interested in is if I am inspired by him or he, most importantly, he inspires that, wow, here's a man who has great character and who's up to something. That pulls me, it draws me. It's like, it pulls me in. Whereas the other energy, if if somebody adores me and I've had that experience, it's beautiful. It just isn't as big and fulfilling as it is if I'm drawn to him. I agree with you. I totally agree with you. So really it is about him just living the life, the way that he wants to be living his life. And that is where the flirtation is for you. That is the sexy thing for you. Yeah. And if he's sexy and he teases me and plays with me verbally, then that's even better, right? Yeah, absolutely. But so here's the other thing though. Here's the catch, right? So whatever he's up to, gentlemen, whatever you're up to, I mean, it's your thing. And not everybody's going to opt into that because they don't value it the same way that you do. So the, the opportunity is to be able to really be who you are. And the person that is attracted to that because there's a similar value will be the person that you want. It's not going to be true for just anybody. Right. It's so important that you realize you're not out to date everybody. You're out to connect with people that are on your in your same vibrational space and care about some of the same things that you do. That's the trick. Yeah. And I think that many people forget that. I'm not going to appeal to a lot of people because for me, I can be sort of attend people sometimes say you have some masculine qualities about you, including I really value work. I love my work. My work is my purpose. I am my purpose. It goes with me everywhere. I talk a lot about work. So some people say you're really a, a stiff drink and I am, and I like being a stiff drink. So that means already I'm not going to appeal to a lot of people who want somebody who's more laid back, you know, somebody that likes to really relax a lot more and, and play a lot more. I love to play too, but there's an intensity to my life that a lot of people just don't like. And that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's why I like you because I have a very similar demeanor, although I am right. playful as well. But yes, but so are you. Yeah. Yes, I, I am. I love playing. I love playing, but I also like working hard like crazy. Like some of the things I take on, people are like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm living. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Well, so let me ask you a couple of questions, like just simple questions for dating, not to get into like that whole heady space as I was before. For dating, for the guy that you're seeing now during quarantine, I don't know if this is just for quarantine or for anything else, but how does a guy make it into that level of getting to hang out with you during quarantine? Because I know the first three dates are getting to know each other, getting to see just who the other person is, whether or not you like him. And usually at date three, you're like, okay, I, I liked this guy. But how, how do guys navigate the third date plus? Do things have to shift 
at a certain point or is it is it all the same as the very beginning? These are very broad questions. I know I'm not being specific, but if you can try and think as to things that you're looking for or expecting in the beginning stages of dating, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts. This is so good. This is such a great conversation, Marnie, and you're so good at this, surfacing important stuff. So first, I have to say that dating the pandemic actually, I think, aids relationships because absent the pandemic, it's so easy to get stuck in the whole buffet thing. Oh, there's always somebody else I can meet online. I mean, she didn't smile at me the way that I like, or he didn't smile at me the way I like, what next, right? So the pandemic actually, in my view, has probably helped develop relationships beyond their, what maybe they would have done on their own, left unaided because you're right. When you get to the third date and you're like, oh, I didn't really feel anything. I didn't really have a lot of, a lot of spark. That's actually, I think that is a terrible disservice. That whole thing that people are expecting a spark at the second or third or, or even the first date, that's a terrible disservice in my view. I got to tell you that you got to recognize that for me, I met my ex-husband back in 1998. I was so uninterested in him. I was so unimpressed with him just on every level. But I went out with him because I was new to town and I didn't know anybody else. <laughs> and we didn't have a lot of dating back then. We probably dated for six months and I kept thinking to myself, boy, when is this going to be over with so I can move on to somebody else I really am interested in? Well, what happens is over time, you get to know that person because you didn't bail after two or three dates. And so you, I knew something about him. And guess what? I married him and we spent 18 years together. So I really feel like if we could do anything in this conversation, if we could bust open that whole thing that you are supposed to feel automatically, this huge spark for somebody. And if you don't feel that there must be something wrong, that's not true. It has to develop. It has to surface. It doesn't just happen like that. That's not how it works. Or it's a terrible disservice and expectation to, to expect that it should. Well, but it didn't end up going for life. So would you say that your initial assessment was right or that it just shifted for you? No, I mean, 18 years is a long time yeah. with somebody, but so I'm not trying to like downplay what your relationship was, mm -hmm. but no, I think my initial assessment was right. I wasn't attracted to him, but the thing is, and that's the thing is I've actually heard some fantastic presentations from, from people who talk about the way the dating apps are set up is it's kind of set up. It is usually invented by, they're invented by a man and it's kind of like the catalog sort of approach. And so if it doesn't, doesn't catch your eye, then you're on to the next thing attraction is something that has to be developed. You can't just expect it to show up and serve you. So I think that at the beginning, yes, my feelings and response to him were accurate. I didn't find him interesting. I did over time because we be began having more and more interactions and conversations and he showed himself to me in a different way. So I got access to him in, in a way where I wouldn't have been able- You wouldn't have gotten that. I wouldn't have gotten that far. But over time, we did completely grow apart. Over that many years, we did grow apart. And it was a, it was good that we got divorced because each of us wanted something different. We'd learned, we'd become different people in that time period. But for a lot of those years, it was amazing. I'm so grateful I got the experience of being at a beautiful proposal, a beautiful wedding day, many, many years of great marriage, uh, got a daughter out of the deal. So I wouldn't want to lose any of that, right? I, but when it was time to go, it was time to go. In fact, I credit him because he's the one that called it. He's the one that said, I'm not happy. And boy, guess what? You're not either. I was like, oh, you're right. I'm not happy. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and that's so simple. That's really nice, actually. That's wonderful that you guys were on the same page. I think it's great. I've actually expressed to him a few times my appreciation for calling it when he did. 
thank you for setting us both free. We both, we needed that. And I wouldn't have done it. I just didn't occur to me to call it quits. But once he gave me the idea, I was like, that is a good idea. Yeah. I love that. It's like planning a vacation. All right, well, let's do that then. (laughs) That sounds wonderful. Elise, thank you so much for coming on and just being so open and honest with us. I think that the guys who are listening got a real understanding of how important passion really is. And that passion doesn't have to be like this huge thing that feels so unattainable for some people. It's really just enjoying the little things and then expressing that to other people and then finding out what the other people are also passionate about, the little things that make them smile. So I think that that practice in itself is not just something for men to use in dating. It's something to use in life. It can be used in the office space. It can be used with your family members. Just like tapping into people a little bit more and tapping into yourself a little bit more will always make you happier. Absolutely. And enjoy your life. So thank you. So tell people how they can hear more from you. Because I know that you said you have a radio show and a podcast and you do tons of training and tell people how to find you. The easiest way is probably just go to my website. It's elisecortez.com. So it's A-L-I-S-E-C-O-R-T-E-Z, elisecortez.com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. But that's the easiest way. And that'll tell you how to find me for, for email, for my phone number, all those kind of good things. Awesome. All right, new episodes of the Ask Women podcast come out every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Please, please, please do not just download single episodes. Subscribe to the entire show so that you don't have to waste time downloading episodes and you can put that time into swinging right, swinging right. You know what I mean? On Tinder or Hinge or whatever it is. So you can find girls that you want to interact with. We will see you guys next week. 